almost everybody comes up with the same kind of questions. So I thought, why not put it into a book? Why not get that out there? People can look at that. They can read through that. I think you can figure out pretty quick, you know, if franchising may be the path for you or it may not be the path for you. Hello there and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. I'm your host. It's wonderful to be with you. It is always wonderful to be with you, just as it is to read your feedback, learn a little bit about what you're thinking of the show. And what's important to me is knowing that the show is making a difference for you. So keep that feedback coming through. Now on today's show, I have the pleasure of welcoming best-selling author and master franchise consultant, Mr. Greg Moore. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you for having me, Rick. I appreciate it. Absolutely a pleasure to have you here today, Greg. Now, you and I, we're going to be talking about the ins and outs of franchising and how you can run your own successful franchise business without making common franchising mistakes. But before we do that and before we shift into the uh, core of the call, Greg, where are you calling in from today? Licking, Missouri. Licking, Missouri. Is that been home for you for a long time or...? Oh, just about three years now. I used to live in Texas, lived in Texas for about 20 years. Now, why was it that you've moved to where you are now, Greg? Well, uh, Texas is kind of warm and toasty. So uh, we had like two seasons there, uh, warm and hot. And most of it was hot. So we decided it was time for a change. So we moved up uh, up an altitude a little bit, moved into a forest where it uh, rains quite often and it stays a little bit cooler than it does in Texas. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for the feedback. Tell me, what do you enjoy doing there? Do you enjoy uh, going for walks in the, the cool weather? We go for walks in our forest and we do a lot of gardening. We have a lot of berry bushes. We have fruit trees and we also raise our own chickens and we have our own bees. That, oh, bees, very important topic. We can touch on that, absolutely. Now, uh, I know one thing, you know, it can be quite uh, therapeutic, I guess, spending time in the garden. How does it make you feel and how important is that, I guess, that solitude sometimes? Oh, very nice and very relaxing. We like to do a lot of growing of our own food. We like to know where our food comes from as much as possible. Uh, so that's why we do a lot of the gardening uh, bees for the honey. Uh, berries and fruits because we eat those a lot too. Now tell me, I've not actually had um, you know honey uh, honey straight from a hive. What's the difference between a I guess a store shelf type processed honey and natural honey that you can access? There's big difference in flavor. It's very uh, uh, very more of a natural flavor on that where they're feeding off of the flowers that you grow. So we grow a lot of flowers uh, specific for the bees, sweet clover, uh, buckwheat, and that'll change what the honey will actually taste like. The buckwheat will give it a little bit darker, uh, a little bit sweeter uh, flavoring to it. And the sweet clover provides a nice sweet flavor to it as well. So it's a really a, a pretty big difference then between the two. Uh, the same thing goes with chicken and their eggs. Having right. fresh chicken eggs there's a huge difference in having store-bought chicken eggs. You can really taste the difference between the eggs and the honey as well. Yeah, you wouldn't notice that. You wouldn't know that if you didn't know that. But tell me also, I know that there's a, a significant, bees are very significant in the big scale of things. Tell me why they're so important. Uh, having the bees around? Yes. Uh, yes. Because, they, yeah, they, uh, they, you know, they pollinate just about everything on there so we get a lot of people that grow crops around here so definitely with four beehives it helps them keeps their crops pollinated 
and it does the same thing for ours, for our fruit trees and our berry bushes. Uh, that gives us a very good crop that way, because that way everything gets pollinated on a regular basis, so it produces a whole lot more fruit and berries for us. Now tell me, you obviously uh, you're cooking your own foods. What's what's the thing that you enjoy um, putting together the most? What's your favorite foods? We do a lot. Yeah, we do a lot of our own um, uh, different kinds of food. So we also, you know, we go out deer hunting and we get our own deer. So oh, yeah. we use our own meat for that, and then our own fresh vegetables uh, as well. Yep, we do, we do that as well, and so a few turkey now and then also that are out there. And the flavor is just so much better. So I do a lot of uh, uh, meals with that, make a lot of meals ahead of time. And uh, we like our desserts, too. Yeah. So I have a lot of uh, fruit-flavored desserts that, oh, I, uh, that I go through. And I, I love doing desserts. I'm getting hungry just thinking about this. Do you enjoy doing anything else? Do you like getting out and socializing or going out for meals or movies? What's your thing? No, actually, we're kind of... We're, kind of away uh, from most of civilization. The town that's close to us, it's about five miles away, has about 3,000 people. So there's not a lot to do there. And we sit on a pretty large chunk of land and we have a lake out front there. So we just do, we do some fishing out there as well on that. And we've got five dogs, two cats. Uh, so I take the dogs out into the forest. We go for walks, uh, picking berries, finding different plants, identifying all the different plants and animals that are out there. That's my days. We're just relaxing with the dogs, go for about five walks a day, and then just helping people get into business for themselves. Yeah, wow, that's wonderful feedback. Now, um, given given that we're going to be talking about uh, helping people get into business for themselves, I know that in your early days you started out as a rest restaurant manager. I'd love to learn a little bit a bit more about your professional background. I wonder if you can share a little bit. Absolutely, Rick. So I got started off at Taco Bell back in high school. You know, a lot of people start off in the fast food industry. Oh, yes. Mine just happened to be a uh, Taco Bell. And uh, <laughs> amazingly enough, the Taco Bell that I worked for was, and unbeknownst to myself, was run by or owned by a master franchiser who owned about, uh, I think, 50 different Taco Bells throughout the uh, Woodland, California and Sacramento, California area. So that was actually my first foray into franchising. So I did uh, Taco Bells for a while, uh, you know, just did the usual customer service when I first started in high school, moved up to management, managed quite a few of her restaurants throughout the Sacramento area, helping her build sales in those. Then I moved on to another restaurant company called Lions Restaurant, kind of like an upscale Denny's. I uh, did that. So in the restaurant industry for about 15 years, I uh, got bored with that. I went to college, got a degree in electrical engineering and physics. Went to work for Motorola Semiconductor as a microelectronic circuit engineer. Did that for about 15 years. Got a master's degree in business, uh, management information systems. Started reading Robert Kiyosaki's books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, and yes. that kind of ruined my corporate career for me. <laughs> yeah. Then I knew there had to be something better. And that's then what got me started in looking at what I could do. So I, while I was being an engineer, another engineering friend, and myself, we owned uh, dry cleaners that had several drop-off locations. We owned some storage units, and then I owned some rental properties at the same time. So I was doing the semi-passive work, you know, working my day job and running these businesses on the side while I was doing that. But I felt that uh, it was not quite enough that I had to do something uh, different, get out of that corporate world, getting tired of you know showing up at 7 and leaving at 5 every day. Uh, good job. I enjoy it <laughs> thoroughly, but just didn't want to have to. 
get there. And they wanted you at your desk, obviously, all day long. So I just like, there's got to be something better out there. So I started looking into different things. And that's when I got back uh, into franchising and got my own franchise and ran that for a couple of years. Did, uh, was a Schooley Mitchell telecommunications consulting franchise. Uh, the guy that ran it, just absolutely outstanding individual, Dennis Schooley. Uh, he gave me a real good feel for franchising and how they train you, how they help you grow. But one thing that I noticed when I got out of my corporate career and was looking for businesses is that I was doing a lot of clicking all over the place, trying to figure out what was best for me. But I ran across a couple of franchise consultants, which I never knew existed. So they told me, you know, and I was getting a lot of phone calls from all sorts of different franchises. And they told me just, you know, put everybody on hold for right now. Let's take a look at, uh, you know, what you're looking to accomplish. Where have you been? Where are you at? Where do you want to be? So they really helped me narrow down uh, the field of franchise and helped me find that Schooley Mitchell franchise. So after I'd run that Schooley Mitchell franchise for a couple of years, I thought, you know, I don't mind doing it. It's kind of nice, you know, being your own boss. But I was driving around a lot talking to business owners. And I liked what the franchise consultants did because they got to work from home. So no more commuting, no more driving. It's like, okay, the best of both worlds for me. Now you have to do it yourself as a franchise consultant. Yeah. Uh, you can get a little bit of help, but it's not something that you can grow like with a lot of the other franchises that you can do semi-passive and, and you can grow where it's completely passive as well on that. But that was okay with me because I got to work from home out of the comfort of my own home, talk to all sorts of wonderful people all day long, set my own schedule. So I started doing that about 10 years ago and haven't looked back since. Here you are. Yeah, wonderful. This is why I think the My Future Business Show is so different because you've just told me a story in a matter of minutes about the journey that you're having and where you transitioned from the corporate environment and why that happened for you. I guess, um, how, how does that affect one's mindset during that transition between an employee mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset and going out on your own? What, what changed in you, do you think? A big challenge to get that start off with to begin with. Uh, you had to really have some self-discipline on that, you know, depending on which type of business you get into. And mine was in particular work. I still work from home with the School of Mitchell franchise, but I had to go out and call upon business owners to help them with the telecommunications needs. So you've really got to set a good schedule for yourself on that. You have to really change the way you're thinking because normally you just get up in the morning, you show up at the office, you got a list of work to do, you do your work, you go home. Simple as that. Uh, more complicated is that depending on, you know, what kind of job you have. But I had to really think about, okay, now how am I going to structure my day? You know, what time am I going to do this? What time, you know, what time am I going to start making phone calls to my clients? When do I start going out and visiting them? What appointments do I need to schedule? Who do I need to follow up with? So a lot of those things that you're doing, you're doing yourself on that rather than, you know, when you're in an office, all you're seeing yeah. there and people come to you, the boss sends you a list of things to do. You know, it's all right there in front of you. You've got to do a lot of structuring yourself and start thinking about, you know, what your day is going to be like, what you want to get accomplished, what your goals are. You know, in your corporate world, the boss gives you goals. Here are our goals. Here are the things that you got to do to help us meet your goals. With a, your own business, you're doing that yourself. You're coming up with that. Now, with a franchise system, you've got a you know group of people that are helping you with that. So they're going to help you with goals as well. But you're still structuring your day. So I really had to take a step back and think about what do I need to do on a regular basis, on a daily basis to build that business up and to be, uh, build relationships up with people that are in business that are looking for the services that I'm offering? 
Yeah, great feedback. Thank you, Greg. Now tell me, um, there are going to be a lot of people on this show who are entrepreneurs looking to make a change just as you had. Uh, I'm wondering if we can go back to the, I guess, the fundamentals, the foundation. Tell us what is franchising? So with franchising, you know, there's a couple of different ways that you can go. When you go into your uh, getting a business for yourself, you can get into a business for yourself. I didn't have the latest, greatest thing in the world. Uh, so that's why I went with franchising. Franchising is something where you don't necessarily have the latest, greatest idea, but you want to get into your own business and you don't want to do it on your own. Uh, you know, there's good and bad points either way. You go out on your own. You do it all yourself. You know, you collect all the money yourself. It's all yours. You have total control over everything on that. But you're all out there by yourself doing that. Uh, you may get a team together on, uh, to help you out, but you're on your own uh, getting all the policies, procedures together yourself. With a franchise system, it's already there. It's already in place. So what a franchise is and what a franchise does for you is they have a proven method, a proven system already in place. So they've done it before. Now, depending on which franchise you want to get into, uh, they might have done it a hundred times before. They may have done it five times before. Uh, when you're thinking about getting into a franchise system, you, one of the things to think about is how many franchises do you want them to have. But what you're looking for there is a proven system, proven methods that they have said, this is what I did to go out there, to get the business, to build the business, to bring in those clients, to generate the income that I was looking for. So you just grab that and you go with it. They show you exactly how they did it. They've done it many times before. You have many different franchises to call upon to find out, you know, how the franchise, how the franchise will help them grow. But that's what a franchise is. You want that franchise to get you to where you want to be two to three years quicker, at least, uh, than if you were to go out and do it yourself. Yeah, great feedback. Thanks again, Greg. Now, tell me, I'd love to talk about, just for the sake of an example, what are, I guess, some good examples of franchises that people might be able to relate to? So one thing that most people think about with franchising is they always, when they're driving around, when you and I are driving around, we see all the brick and mortar type franchises. Yeah. You see the different restaurants, you see the McDonald's, you see the Taco Bells, you see the Chick-fil-A's on that those are what we call the brick and mortar type franchises out there. But those are going to be the ones that you see and that you know about. You build it and they will come is a general theme on those franchises. You know, generally speaking, you're looking at a $250,000 on up investment for something like that because it's kind of a big build out uh, to get the real estate, prime real estate, to get it built out, to get it ready to go, get the grand opening going. On the other end of the spectrum, now there's the service industry franchise. Well, the service industry franchise, you people, you know, your clients don't necessarily know you exist until they need you. So what you're looking at there is restoration services, electrical services, plumbing, HVAC, remodeling, tutoring, senior care, sign companies, all sorts of different franchises out there that you don't necessarily think about or see on a regular basis because you don't necessarily need them. So you're looking for a great franchise system that will drive people to you when that need arises. So brick and mortar, you can do all sorts of different things. Automotive, massages, uh, fitness franchises, your food franchises. And with service industry, there's also many different things that you can do. Fundraising for schools, uh, kids athletics, uh, tutoring. Either tutoring can be in a uh, classroom type environment where you have a small brick and mortar, you have a small office, or it can be one-on-one -on -one tutoring on that. Senior care, big thing here in the United States. Uh, 
Great business. Everybody's getting older. Mom and dad need a little help around the house. All you need is a small office. You send caregivers out into people's homes. Well, many different types of franchises, just about any industry that you can think of, probably has a franchise associated with it. Some sort of franchise. Wow, that's a, that's a very exciting news. Now, I, I know that uh, we've got a lot more questions to ask you about, I guess, that part of uh, franchising, but what does it um, take to become a master franchise consultant? Is there some sort of a certification behind it? What's the process? You get to know many different franchises. So uh, I've been doing it for about 10 years now, and you what you want to do is you want to get to know as much as you can about as many different franchises as you can on there. Uh, we do have certifications that you can do. Uh, if you want to become a certified franchise executive, you could do that uh, within the broker organization yourself. Uh, there's classes that we take uh, to become certified as well. What you want to know is the nuances of the different franchises. Uh, a lot of the things you need to know is not only about the franchises themselves, but what you can and can't tell clients. One of the things your clients are going to do is they come to you uh, as they come to me as a franchise consultant, they always ask, how much money can I make? Well, here in the United States, the Federal Trade Commission regulates exactly what we can say and what we can't say about the amount of money that you can make. Because a long time ago, they had uh, franchises that were saying, you know, you invest in this franchise, you're going to make $100,000 a year, you're going to make $200,000 a year. And people weren't necessarily doing that. Uh, and so the Federal Trade Commission stepped in and said, there are certain rules and regulations, certain things that you can say. So as a franchise consultant, and as you get certified as a franchise consultant, you've got to know what is legal to say and what is not legal to say. So not only do you need to know the different franchises, but you need to know what you can say about the franchises and what you can't. Everybody wants to make money. Biggest question out there. Since we don't have that information as a consultant, we don't gather that information on how much people, how much money people can make. We are not allowed to say that in franchises themselves, if you're looking into a franchise, they'll have to have that in what they call their franchise disclosure documents. They'll have to have the amount of money that they collect from their franchisees so that they know exactly how much money their franchisees are making. And they'll have that in what's called their item number 20 uh, financial disclosures in their fran franchise disclosure documents. It's the only way they can say something about that. So to become direct answer to your question, to become certified, you know a lot about many different franchises, get to know them. Find out who they're looking for in a potential franchisee. That's what I do on a regular basis is who are you looking for? Who's going to be a successful franchisee in your system? And then when you're meeting with your clients, you get to get to know them, their background, what they bring to the table, and you know what you can say to them and what you cannot say to them. Uh, so that keeps you out of legal trouble. Well, there'd be a lot of things that you know about the industry, given that you've got your finger on the pulse. So I guess that's a bit of a takeaway right there, Greg, that because you're so close to the industry and um, you obviously have a website that backs all this up and we'll talk about that in a moment. But I learned from that website and other places about the franchising model that, uh, you know, uh, there are people on the, I guess, working on that side as a consultant that know those numbers and know that there are better performing uh, franchises than others. So that's positive news. But um, what type of people are coming to you? What type of uh, person makes a great client, uh, a great candidate to own their own franchise, do you think? People that have a desire for a change in their life on that. Most of my people, I would say, or yeah, probably a little over half my people are or investors. They either have another business or they have a corporate job and they don't necessarily want to leave it or not ready to leave it right away. 
Uh, generally speaking, most of them have had some experience managing other people before. Not all of them. You don't have to. Uh, not necessary. Franchise will teach you, but quite a few of them had. But the main thing that everybody has is a desire to improve their future. They're looking at it. It's not quite where they want to be. And that could be, you know, making more money, or that could also be uh, more time with family. They see that, like I did, spending too much time at the job, uh, they don't get the time that they need with their family. So oh, yeah. when I say, you know, what does wealth mean to you? It's, you know, not only money, but it's time. How much time do I have left that I can spend with my family? My kids are getting to that age, or I need to go to all their activities, but with a nine-to-five job, that makes it almost impossible to see them and go out there on a regular basis on that. So most of the people have a desire for a change, to do something a little bit different in their life. Uh, they come to me, they're looking to get into a franchise. Not all of them actually get into a franchise. Some of them realize along the way that franchising is not right for them. That's one of the things we do. Is franchising right for you? If it is, let's see which franchise is right for you. Yeah, great feedback. Thanks again, Greg. Now, in terms of licensing, what sort of licensing is involved and how 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 is that side of it taken care of? Franchise will take care of everything that has to do with licensing uh, for my clients. That's just going to depend greatly on what type of franchise that you get into. So in the United States, if you are looking at something that maybe is construction related, you may need a contractor's license depending on which state you're in. Some states require it, some states don't. Senior care, you may need some licensing for uh, to do the senior care. New York is a tough one to get into it because they don't issue licenses for senior care on a regular basis. Franchise is going to know all that, and they're going to walk you through that process. You're never going to have to wonder what's next in the way of licensing. What licenses do I need? What insurances do I need? Franchise has done it before. That's where that proven model comes in. So what's the difference between a franchisor and a franchisee, Greg? Well, franchisor is going to be the one that owns that franchise, the one that's running that franchise. Ah. They're the ones that came up with the great idea to begin with. The franchisee then is the person that is investing into that franchise system itself. The franchisee is the one who's running the individual unit franchises where the franchisor runs the entire franchise. Now, I know that there are some things, some I guess some tricks for young players, some pitfalls for those who are inexperienced. What are some of the common mistakes that uh, you help, um, I guess, uh, clients avoid when looking at franchises? So uh, understanding the business and the industry. So a lot of times people will come and they'll be looking for maybe the latest, greatest uh, thing on there, but they not necessarily understand you know, what the industry is that they're looking at. So. Uh, Always understand the industry. Always understand the business. You'll get to know it. We'll go through it as we're looking at different franchises. One of the things I'll ask you is the different kinds of industries that you like and the different kinds of industries that you don't like. Uh, also, not enough capital. Got to make sure you have enough capital for it on there for what you're looking at. So we take a look at, you know, what the, what is your net worth? What kind of liquid cash do you have? So that I can come back with franchises where you do have the capital for it, where you're not going to run out of money. Franchise is not going to allow you to invest in a franchise system where you don't have the money to invest in it. They do not want you to fail on that. So they'll have uh, certain criteria for the uh, amount of net worth and liquid capital you have. Uh, and again, don't let anything, just because it's in fashion, just because it's hot right now, don't let it cloud your judgment yep. on that. Also, yeah. So also, don't think you're going to be rich in a year or two. Generally speaking, you're probably not. On that one. It is going to take a little bit of work. It is going to take some effort on your part. 
Now, we do have some completely passive franchises, four or five of those where the franchise runs the business for you. You're still not going to be rich in a year or two, <laughs> but you don't necessarily need to put in uh, uh, a huge amount of time on that. Uh, but there are good franchises. There's many franchises where you can make a great deal of money out there, more than you or more than you would in your corporate job on that. Uh, but it just takes a little bit of time to build these things up. And you'll find out as you talk to franchisees or running the business, you'll talk to many of them, find out exactly how long it's going to take, make sure it fits your criteria. Also, never dismiss funding. A lot of my investors uh, like to use other people's money. Yep. Does the investment service the debt? Big thing on there. So look into funding. Make sure that the amount of money that you got coming in is going to service that debt and bring you back some money as well. Uh, and as I, I hit, hit on earlier, speaking to existing franchisees, you always want to speak to existing franchisees before you invest in the franchise. As many as it takes for you to get a good feel for that business itself, you'll verify and validate everything that the franchise or told you. And the most one of the most important things is you're going to be making friends along the way. So not only is that franchise or going to help you grow, those franchisees are going to be your friends. Everybody has a protected territory. For the most part, 90% of the franchises are like that where no other franchisee can come into your territory. So you're never competing with your other franchisee partners. You are all working together to build uh, the reputation of that brand. Uh, and lastly is uh, make use of free experts out there. Find other people that are experts in it. Here in the United States, we have what we call the SCORE chapter, S-C-O-R-E, uh, made above retired business people. So those are great people to talk to who have been in business before for themselves. And to get, uh, you know, get some feedback from them, Chamber of Commerce, also a good way to get some feedback on them. Always make use of your free experts whenever you can. So that's, uh, that's great feedback. Now, what's a master and area developer role? Is that what you've just touched on? Like there's a certain area allocated to a franchisee and nobody else can touch that area? Is that what that's about? Sort of, Rick. Um, what it is, is that there are three different, basically three different types of uh, a franchise that you can get into. Generally speaking, a franchisee will pick up what they call one unit or one territory. Great yeah. way to start. What I recommend for most people, unless they've had some experience. So one territory, that's yours. Uh, let's take senior care, for instance. You'll get a territory size of about 30,000 seniors. Geographically speaking, that may change depending on the, the population density in your area on that. So you pick up one, you've got that one territory, 30,000. Now, you really love the franchise. You've gone through the system. You've talked to everybody. Everything works out. You say, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I want to pick up all of my state on there. And I want to open up all the franchises in my state. I want to have complete control over my state. So then you go in as an area developer. You may have 10 territories in that state on there. So you have you know, 300,000 seniors that can be divided up into 10 ter territories. And you open up an office maybe in each one of those different territories as you grow. So you may start off with one um, if we're at a restaurant. You may start off with one restaurant in one area. The next year, you'll build two restaurants in two areas. Next restaurant, you'll, or the next year, you may do three or four on that. So you'll have a development plan as an area developer to start developing out that, uh, that state or whatever size area developer territory you choose. Right. You spend your money on each territory and building out each territory and building whatever it takes uh, to build in that territory to bring in those clients. Now, as a master developer, you may say, I want to take over the entire uh, state of mine. 
what you'll do then with a master one is that you buy rights to that entire state. And generally speaking, as an area developer or a master franchisor, they're going to give you a discount on the, uh, the franchise fee for the more territories you buy. As a, as a master franchisor, it's going to be similar to area developer. You purchase rights to the whole state. But now what you do is you're the right-hand person of that franchisor. What you're going to do is you're going to build out one pilot, one pilot unit. That's going to be your training unit. Then what you're going to do is you're going to sell off those other territories that you have to people. You're going to be doing that rather than the franchise. Ah. So you're selling those territories. Now you get half that. This is just an example. You'll get half of uh, or more than that of your franchise feedback. And so you, so let's say you spent $10,000 per territory extra on each one of those masters. And you can now sell them for 20000 each each one of those territories. So you make $10,000 on the franchise fee on each territory that you sell. Uh, you are going to train that person in your pilot area. You're going to be overseeing that person. So you're the right-hand person of the franchise or by helping them find franchisees for the area that you purchased and train them. So you'll get, you'll make money on the franchise fee. You generally also get around 50% of the royalties. So the franchisor charges 6% royalties on that. Now you get 3% and the franchisor gets 3%. It's a great way to build an annuity uh, over long term. Because you've got that pilot unit. You do the training. You sell those units. Now all those units are yours. Now you're making a little bit of money off each one. But you're not putting your money into developing each one of those different territories as you were with the area developer. You're letting somebody else do that. And you're getting part of the profit. Uh, that the franchisor uh, was normally would have had the whole, you know, the all the royalties on. You're getting half that. So they generally want somebody with a little bit more experience when they're doing something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really good way to build wealth on that because once you've got everybody there and you've got everybody trained, uh, then you kick back and you don't really have much to do except meet with them, you know, once every few months or once a year to see how things are going. What I love about this, Greg, is that there, like you said earlier, there are a network of supports, network of people that learn about the, the process, and there are obviously well-established systems behind established businesses. Um, I wonder, Greg, what's the typical, I guess, license duration? Is it many years, or how does that side of it work? Generally speaking, you sign an agreement for about 10 years right. uh, for your franchise agreement. That does not necessarily mean you have to stay with that franchise for 10 years. At any point in time, you can decide to sell a franchise. But direct answer to your question, 10 years is generally the license term for that. Do you need business experience? Do you need to have your own degree? Do you need to come in with any formal sort of um, you know, know-how? That will depend on the franchise itself. Generally speaking, no, you do not. I can find you a franchise no matter what your experience level is. On that, franchisors will teach you. They're looking for people who are enthusiastic about their brands, and they will have certain criteria for your background on that. But no, you do not have to have business experience. Now, I know that there's a lot that we could talk about, and I think we need to point people to your website at the end of the call. But I know you went ahead and you uh, wrote a best-selling book called Real Freedom. Tell us about Real Freedom. So that's a step-by-step -step process of what I take people through to find franchises that are a good fit for them. Uh, we went through the seven mistakes you and I talked about, Rick, just a few minutes ago. Yep. Uh, I walked them through that as well. 
with that, that's kind of like a self-help book. You could actually go through that book. It's got some real-world examples of how I helped other people find their franchises for them. So that'll take you through the step-by-step -step process of, you know, what to look for in a franchise, how to read the franchise disclosure document, what is negotiable in the agreement, what's not negotiable in the agreement, uh, what to look for, what questions to ask uh, on the on the franchisees. Uh, it's really good for uh, for people to get familiar with my process, what I look for, and to get familiar with franchising itself. On there, pretty easy read. Uh, so. Pick it up or send me your address and I'll send you a copy. I bet you it's a great conversation starter. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, uh, how that comes about. Do people Can people contact you from inside the book and sort of links and phone numbers inside of it? Or what would they find? Yeah, they'll find actually, Rick, they'll find a, a link to my uh, my website there. So that's probably the easiest way. I don't know necessarily how to put my phone number in there. Although it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can call me up anytime you want. But uh, it's a link to my website. Yeah, I linked to my website, and there are, it references my website because a lot of the information that's in the book, like the seven mistakes, uh, questions for franchisors and franchisees, uh, the master franchise plan, all that information is then in my on my website. So you can it just links everything back uh, to my website on that. So it's a good way. Yeah, it is a good conversation starter. Uh, I usually send a copy to everybody that I work, or I'll always send a copy to everybody that I work with. Yep, uh, that's looking into franchising. There, but there's you know it a it answers many of the questions that people always have on franchising. After ten years of doing this, everybody come almost everybody comes up with almost the same kind of questions. So I thought, why not put it into a book? Why not get that out there? People can look at that, they can read through that, and I think you can figure out pretty quick, you know, if franchising may be the path for you or it may not be the path for you after going through that book. So do you recommend that somebody grabs a copy of this book if they're brand new to franchising first? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're just thinking about franchising, don't know anything about it, want to learn some, something about franchising, learn some yep. of the ins and outs, franchise, pick it up. It's a good yep. book. Uh, real quick read. I don't think it's more than a couple hundred pages or something like that. Uh, real good read. It gets really in-depth into uh, the different things so that you can get a good feel for what franchising is all about get straight to the point quickly. Now tell me, uh, what's the onboarding? Somebody new comes to you, they've read your book, Greg, and they're excited and they want to talk to somebody directly. What is the process and how do they connect with you? They connect with me by going to my website, uh, franchisemaven.com. Email me at greg at franchisemaven.com. Uh, Maven is M-A-B as in Victor, E-N. On that one, call me, 361-772-6401. Either way, first step in the process, we're going to get on the phone together and you're going to ask me anything you want about myself or about franchising. I want you to get to know me. I want you to be comfortable with me. Find out if you like me enough to move on to the next step. It basically is what, <laughs> what that is. Uh, and just ask him who you can. What I'm going to do at that point in time, after we get through with that phone call, is I'm going to send you out a questionnaire to thought. Give me some background on yourself. Tell me about yourself. Brag about yourself. I'm going to send out a couple of other sheets, a matrix of business types on that. Um, our due diligence process, what uh, we will go through to not only find franchises that are a good fit, but then how I'm going to take you through the investigation process of the franchise. You're going to get that questionnaire back to me. Next phone call is we are going to talk about you. Next call is all about you, half hour, hour, two hours, whatever it takes. We're going to go through the questionnaire. We're going to go through the matrix of business types. We're going to get to know where have you been. 
Where are you at now? Where do you want to be five to 10 years from now? Whatever your goal is, whatever your plan is, I will find franchises that will match your goal, your plan, your criteria. So after we get through with that call, I've asked you a bazillion questions. You've gone through the questionnaire. We got to know each other. Then I get off the phone and then that's where I come in and I start looking at franchises that fit your goals, your criteria, and those franchisors are looking for people like you. And that's where I do the matchup. Franchisors are looking for people like you. You're looking for that type of franchise. I do the matchup. I come back to you with five or 10 different opportunities on that. Usually just send you out my one cheaters on each to begin with, let you kind of get familiar with them, look them over. We will get back on the phone after that. We'll go through each one of those franchises and we'll narrow that down to probably two or three different franchises that you are feeling good about that you look at that and you say, yeah, I could picture myself doing that on there. At that point, then we start the franchise investigation process. I introduce you to the franchises. Uh, you start meeting with them on a regular basis. Then you and I will get together once every seven to 10 days. And we'll go through that entire process of investigating that franchise until you decide which franchise is right for you or if you decide franchising is not right for you. And, and, we'll and either of, in either outcome, there is something for everybody in this journey. Now, what, what I really take away from this, Greg, is that it's, it's wonderful knowing that people like yourself are there ready and waiting to help those who want to make a change in their life. And if that's you and you're on this call today and you want to make that change, reach out to Greg at FranchiseMaven.com. Follow the process steps that we've just, just spoken about. Get a copy of his wonderful book, Real Freedom. And with all that being said, Greg, wonderful call. Thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you for having me, Rick. I appreciate it.